there are so many things that we can do to take care of ourselves that when you are working full time, you just push over here because money and my clientele and my skill and my business and boys and all these stupid distractions were taking me away from working on myself, which is why my health declined, which is why my mental health was so bad during the first shutdown. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. I am getting so much more comfortable on camera here, which I just want to share that with you guys because... You have to start doing things before you're ready. We were just talking about, you know, building our empires and all the big dreams and things we want to do. If we stuck on that, all the big things we want to do, we wouldn't take the small steps to get there. So today I'm really honored to sit down with this special woman. She and I um, started our relationship probably about five or six months ago. I think we knew each other through other hairdressers on social media and whatnot, um, but slowly developed into a, a... a mentor-mentee relationship, which now has become a beautiful friendship. Um, so I can't wait to share it with you because I love her so, so much. This is Sloan, and she is a stylist at Raven and Sage, which is a San Diego salon. So today we want to talk about all the things, but we're going to tell you about, you know, what we're working on right now, kind of share some insight to how we got there, how COVID's been affecting us, and just kind of where, you know, we see our business, and, you know, we're just going to have a chit-chat. So we want to invite you to come along. So if Sloan, would you intro yourself a little bit and give the peeps some like backstory as to who you sure. are and what you're all about? Yeah, totally. Um, so happy to be here with Jessica, my mentor, um, the baddest bitch I know. Oh. Um, I have been doing hair for almost 10 years now. I went to school in Orange County and moved from Orange County to LA to the East Coast now back in San Diego, and I work at Raven and Sage, which is in North Park. We just moved from a tiny little space in Golden Hill to a 2,600 square foot rebuild in North Park, which is the salon of anyone's dreams. Seriously. It's the most beautiful space you've ever seen, and um, I love doing hair, but I also love the business side of things, which is what attracted me to you, Jessica, because I reached my goals with where I wanted to be behind the chair in mm-hmm. terms of my booking and my what I was doing monetarily and so I actually reached out to Jessica asking I've already hit the six figures where can we go from here uh, which was really exciting because I've been wanting some kind of coach for as long as I can remember but I always wanted somebody in the industry I f- yeah I feel you on that so and I just wasn't willing to settle on somebody that wasn't because I wanted somebody that was in it yeah and then when I found you I was like this is my girl so let's dive into that a little bit um how did you know you were ready for a coach how did you know you were ready to seek out somebody else to guide you on your path to the next thing that's a great question well I had originally reached out to you about your retreat retreat yeah So Jessica was hosting a three-day retreat uh, on the coast, and I was like, that sounds freaking epic. Like, that's, I'm all about that. Right. And at at the beginning of 2020, I just knew that this was my year. Like, this was the year to explode my business and to just crush it when it came to this industry, but I needed 
that little extra push and I had been trying to work on online education and I had been thinking about it for two years probably mm, that's right but didn't have the balls to follow through with it I knew the ambition was there right but there was like the you'll never succeed at this you didn't go to college so you can't pull off something outside of the salon mm. just all these super limiting beliefs and then uh I just, knew, I just knew that I needed somebody to push me a little bit. So I was really excited about your retreat. After I found your retreat, I found the Lori Harder um, Bliss Project Bliss Project in LA. So I had signed up for both of yours. And, you know, unfortunately, 2020, you know. Fucker. Neither one happened. But I couldn't go from working over full time to nothing. Yeah. During the first shutdown. Right. It just wasn't an option. So for me, I needed to pivot. And I had started working with a film crew and a production company to make videos online, but I still didn't feel like I was mentally where I needed to be to succeed with that. Uh, and I just needed somebody to keep me accountable. But what was really cool is because I had found you through the retreat, I just started looking you up and realized you had an actual coaching program mm. and immediately reached out to you. And I remember clear as day our phone call and just being like, this is who I am, this is what I want, can you help me with this? And you being like, yes, I can definitely help you. And I was like, yes, we're gonna do so something. So in full disclosure, I was fully building this new business myself and I hadn't niched down completely as to who I wanted to work with. And it wasn't until Sloan presented what she needed that I could with it, with conviction say, yes, I can help you with that. So I think often we know we have value. We know we have things we can help people with. We know maybe how we got where we were, which is some version of success, right? Like she'd already been hitting six figures, but she, like she just said, I couldn't work any more than full time. Like you're at your capacity. And I was there for a really long time. And now that I own a salon, I knew that there was going to be a next step. I just didn't know what direction it was going to be. And so that's how I, I had to step back when I, and I talk about my mastermind that I joined a year and a half ago. When I joined that mastermind, I went in with zero expectation as to what would come out of it. I knew I wanted to create a side business that was more online based or not so b behind the chair where I actually had to physically be there or even trading really time for money in that essence. So when, when her and I had the first conversation about the retreat, you know, she was, she talked about burnout. She talked about how she really needed this time to get away and reconnect with herself. Like there were a lot of things that I got to know about her as to why she even wanted to go to the retreat. So when I tried to give her the refund, I was like, or we can hold on to it with future. Like maybe we'll book that. And then like we said, COVID, but this is always me giving you guys permission to like, I didn't even have the program done yet. The program I thought people needed, it was, she found me, she saw something in me that could help her and I knew I could help her no matter what, whatever I needed to do, I was willing to do. Right. And so that is what you kind of have to do as a coach or a mentor or a leader or guide or whatever it is you want to call yourself. Like if you can provide value and you can be of impact to somebody else's life to help them get further, like that's. That's what the definition of all those hows, right? It's just how you deliver the information can be different. So 
when we started working together, like I didn't have a structured way that I knew I was going to work with her. So it was interesting how it all kind of evolved. And, you know, I appreciate you for letting me grow within the journey too. And I was always very transparent with her about like where I was at. Like it, it, it was a beautiful relationship. And so I'm honored that I got to do that with you. And now seeing you four or five months later, the fucking growth that she's had. And like, it's crazy as I'm not, I'm not over here. Like I did that. I was like, look what the fuck you just did. It's crazy what a little bit of belief poured into somebody can do. And so that's what I love. I love to see the light switch go off and her like now she's on a roll. Like now she doesn't need really anybody, but like to know that I'm always here for her in that accountability form, she sees herself being able to do that for other people. And it's crazy because she just found this little pocket niche thing that she can help hairdressers. It's something she loves to do and she found out it's needed. I can solve a problem doing this and I like doing it. Now you have a business. Now you have a side business that could potentially turn into something that will allow you to step away from the salon, work with your clients while you're on the beach in Hawaii or wherever the fuck you want to go. Like that's our goal. Our goal is to be, you know, not landlocked with our businesses anymore. We still love doing hair. We still love the community and culture that we built. Like, but I think there's, there's opportunity to open your eyes up to something more. And I think before COVID, I think a lot of people weren't open to that. And I talked about that on a previous podcast too, about, feeling like the collective pain from everybody when the first shutdown happened because many people like they were happy and thriving behind the chair. And so they never really thought about anything else that they could do. So I think it's beautiful to allow yourself that time. And I think that's been gifted to a lot of people, especially the second shutdown we're in. They're like, fine, fuck it. Okay. I'm paying attention to the universe. Like what is, what is my other purpose that I could be serving right now? So this is a good thing to always check in with people too is what other things are you good at that you love doing? How could you turn that into a, a business to help you create either residual or passive or some kind of other income that could support the other things that you love to do? So do you want to talk a little bit about what you've kind of pivoted yeah. and thought? Yeah. Okay, I would love for you to share. I'd love to start a little bit more from the beginning too okay. with the fact that I was set in stone about the fact that I needed a second income. So... On top of the behind the chair. On top of behind the chair. Because I hit numbers in 2019 that I didn't even know hairdressers could hit. But that only made me want more. Sure. So I decided I needed some kind of side hustle in the industry. So what is the next step is education. What can I, what do I have that I can offer somebody else? And forever I was stuck on hair education. Which is interesting because your first few videos were geared towards guests and what you could teach them. So yeah. still in the industry, but not, yeah. not you hadn't even looked back as to like... Well, hair education meaning anything related sure, to hair, okay. whether it was for hairstylists or guests or, you know, from how to curl your hair to how to do the perfect balayage. Got it. But yes, I did start with more client-based education in the beginning. And I, again, hired a whole team. We were doing videos. I was going to start a Patreon, which is where you can charge monthly for a subscription-based program. But I needed a little more hustle, and I wasn't coming up with it, which is why I reached out to Jessica. But what was really, really cool is with working with you, I had a revelation that was what I was doing before just wasn't the right thing for me to be doing. 
and that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. And I was so stuck on this idea of what I was going to do with the Patreon and having a film crew once a month and like... You'd already invested money into it, so it was so like you were committed money. to it. Yes. Yeah. And you told me, if it's not working, you can try to figure something else out. Which was like such a crazy concept to me because I was going nuts trying to make something work that ultimately looking back on it wasn't the right thing for me. So then I started playing with YouTube mm -hmm. and I spent a thousand hours during the first quarantine learning about YouTube. And at this point we were in the shutdown so I couldn't be filming with the team. It was all up to me. So I was filming myself at home. I got a nice camera. I turned my guest room into a film studio. I, I was spending all of this time learning how to edit film. And then I started digging into what it actually took to start a YouTube. It is a second job. And I also knew that once I went back to the salon, there was no way that I could sustain something like Both, that. Both, yeah. So, because the filming alone took a day, editing took at least two days, and that's for like one video, you know? So, uh, and then the intricacies of YouTube are so intense. Like the fact that you can't have certain music in your YouTube videos. I needed them to be a certain amount of time. I needed the sound quality to be good. Just so many things that were so out of my realm. So I went back to Jessica and I said, I'm really struggling with this YouTube thing. I might need to pivot again, which <laughs> was like so hard for me to swallow was, am I gonna try another thing now? Like how many things am I gonna try till something sticks? And until, we've talked about this many times. I do not like talking about my goals and what I'm going to accomplish until I am 99% sure that I'm going to accomplish those goals. And the fact that I had these goals and to me realized I might not accomplish them was terrifying because I had already put it out into the universe that that's what I wanted to do. And by universe, she means she posted it on social media. So right. like it's I know. the Bible. I know. Ugh, Fuck. I know. That's totally how I feel. That's totally how I feel. <laughs> it's true. So I started IGTV videos, which was actually phenomenal. I had learned so much about my YouTube editing yeah. that editing a video was like nothing to me. I found an app that was called InShot that was incredibly user friendly. And then I think I did really well with those. You killed IGTV them. They videos. were amazing. Yeah. They were anything from how to like put product in your hair to my morning routine. Like I actually got a little bit more into the health aspect of things, which I'm obsessed with. So it was really good for me. And then the salon went back and again, I kind of took a step back. Ultimately, I think teaching hair, no matter who you're teaching to is one of the most oversaturated markets ever true and to stick out is so much work and so much time and my heart really is behind the chair it has been for a long time and it will be forever but I still want something that is easier for me to focus on on the side and I also told myself with my huge financial goals this year that I wouldn't invest in those things 
unless I had some kind of second income. Okay. So I totally pivoted once again and I decided to stay in the industry, but I have a huge passion for business. I want my clients and the people around me to not see me as a hairstylist. I want them to see me as a businesswoman. And that is super important to me because I work my ass off and I want something to show for it besides doing beautiful hair. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you all taking notes? Because it's going <laughs> to get good. So I decided to start consulting. But consulting in a way that would be the stepping stones for then moving into working with somebody like you. I have always been a commission stylist my entire career. I hated every second of it. I hated having somebody that had 100% control over every aspect of my business, mm -hmm. the amount of money that I was making, the product I could use, my schedule. Yeah. I was done with that. But most commission salons and owners will try to convince you out of becoming a booth renter because they make less money off of you by scaring you and saying it's way more responsibility, it's a lot more work, you have this, 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 and this to take care of now, as opposed to this little like bubble that I've set up for you. Which is all true. Yeah. It's all true. So in defense of any salon owners that have a commission salon, they provide you with a lot of shit. Everything. They provide a pretty comfy bubble that you get to show up and leave. Yep. They, they would even wipe your ass at some point if you wanted them 100%. to. I came from a place like that. I loved it. <laughs> loved every minute of it. And it wasn't until I was ready to take full control of my business and my schedule that booth rental then looked appetizing. But if a commission salon is, is wanting to keep you, there, there are ways if you are, are a commission. So I just want to make a side note of this because she's not shitting on commission because <laughs> it's, it's the way of ownership of a business. If, they, you, if, if you're in it to make money, it's one of the best ways as a salon owner to make money. But it's also a perfect, like, if you're not willing to take full control of your business, that's where we, where we suggest you stay. But if you are willing to take full control of your business and you want to then go with that, booth rental is the way. So that's a great, sorry, segue to... Yeah. And it's nothing against commission because... I have, there are a couple commission stylists at Raven and Sage that are making more money than I am, which is so badass. They have an assistant, they have a receptionist helping them, everything. And they, but they're paying the salon so much more than I am. And that is, to me, way too big of a pill to swallow. But they have kids or they just they care too much about not having a job to take home yeah because as a booth renter it is so much work it yeah. just is it's so much if you want to be su really successful at it it's gonna take up a lot of your time well that's like people that think entrepreneurship is easy owning a business is easy or oh this will be fun you're like no it's work it's hard work but the rewards are huge Right? Huge. Huge. And you, like you said, if you're someone that likes to have full control of your shit, which I do, you do, that's why we resonate with each other so much, like, 
then that's the that's the jam, right? But for those people who are content in that situation, like they feel taken care of, they know what to expect. There's no if, ands, or buts about what they're getting, what they have to do. It's it's a job they get to leave at work. And I appreciated it for that for many years. Like I loved, I just got to show up and I got to leave. I didn't have to take anything home. I didn't answer text, phone, none of that. So it's completely different. So it's like you have to ask yourself where you're at in your business and what you're willing to like sacrifice in order to gain. Right? Totally. Uh, I didn't even know though how much I would thrive when I became a booth renter. It was the best thing that has ever happened to me as, as well as Raven and Sage. And I have to say the salon I work at is the biggest blessing that has ever come into my life. And who knows if I would have had a different experience or different success if I hadn't found Raven and Sage right during that switch. Uh, the original owner, Andy, is the most badass businesswoman I've ever met. And she is a hairdresser. And I've worked for a lot of hairdressers. And their ego gets the best of them. And they can be really tough to work for. But Andy was so hands-off. And I thought that I needed at least some structure. I soared when I started at Raven and Sage. Soared. It was so cool. I started at Raven and Sage with probably like 20% booked so very little and now I'm like 150% booked and that's in three years that's why that's three years well and you that's probably crazy. hit 100% after like a year or so right or 100 a year and a half maybe and, a half. and then it, it's only gone like this like yeah. it hasn't slowed down at all and even during this pandemic I'm getting so many new people reaching out about can I get on your wait list for when you open again are you doing hair right now all of those kinds of questions so back to what I'm doing because switching to booth rent was so positive for me and because there's no knowledge out there about how to do it it's very much a if you want to be a booth renter you just got to figure it out yourself right i had to ask everyone i knew that was successful about how to grow and luckily, when I started at Raven and Sage, Andy, the original owner, had hired Hector, who is now our full owner because Andy moved to the East Coast, and he is purely business. So I had Andy, who was this incredibly successful hairstylist and salon owner, plus Hector, who was the most, one of the most successful businessmen I've ever met in my life. And both of them were very open and very helpful, but it took me a long time to really get a website, a DBA, a business bank account, a business debit card, a business credit card, a business email that wasn't just a Gmail account, uh, business cards, all of these things that are vital to starting in the very, very, very beginning of the business process. And can re once you have those things figured out, it's only uphill from there. But, girl, I would have paid so much money to have, like, a PDF file of all the shit you needed. Right. I would have paid so much money because it there, was so much work. There's no handbook given to you at the end of beauty no. school that says, here, here is how you set up your business. 
right? And I think a lot of us didn't have, like, even if you went to a four-year college before and have, I don't know, a teaching degree or a history degree or whatever, you weren't handed the business blueprint of entrepreneurship. Like, that's just, and even then, you know, drop it down into what we do and, and the specifics of the things we need for our business. How much do you save for taxes? How much do you focus on this? You know, how much do you set aside for when you want to retire? Nobody talks to you about any of that. And so what's so cool is, like, that kind of, the things that she she realized were so important and in, in as to what supported her business, like, she now wants to make sure everyone is set up like that. Yes. So I love that. And that all came out of, like, a four-and-a-half-month mentorship that we had <laughs> working together. So yeah. we, we went from, she went from spending all this money with this Patreon and providing this content and thinking that she wanted to provide value that way to now pivot, pivot, pivot. And it's not just about pivoting. It's not about, oh, I failed at this. Like, I better try something else. It was, that wasn't a good fit for me. I'm glad I tried it. Next. Little Ariana Grande. Thank you, next. (laughs) Bye. Like, that was fun, and I'm done with it now. Or it wasn't fucking fun, and I hated it. I thought I would like it. It's like dating. You got to try different things on to see what fits, right? And as you grow, like, the base of this, like, the concept behind what she wants to share and teach and and consult on, she doesn't want me to call it that. She's just a consultant. I love that. (laughs) Guide, whatever. Um, She could take that and run with whatever. We're going to create a guidebook and a workbook that goes along with the things that she has so you can do a done for you or you can do a this is what you need, PDF, downloadable Mm -hmm. shit, like all levels. So you're able to take one idea and we can grow legs on it. Yeah. And what's kind of cool is, when she told me about this and what she wanted to do, I was like, that's so awesome because I feel like that's the foundational work that I hope anybody that I get already has done. So the first thing I said was, well, if anybody comes my way that doesn't have that shit done, I want to refer them to you. And that's what's the beautiful thing about like finding people in your industry that want to co-create and you want to be able to like do things with. It isn't like, oh, I can teach her that, so I'm not going to give you my client. Like... When you can, when you can understand the process that like, you don't have to teach somebody everything. It's like, if you speak to everyone, you speak to no one, like you want to niche down as to the one thing that you can help. What problem can you solve? So if you know, there's a problem that you can solve, it occurred this many months and this many years behind the chair to realize, Hey, I'm really good at this. And I didn't realize many people are not. And now that you're in such a thriving salon, you can see these people that if they only had these things set up, like Maybe they don't know that you can't go apply for a business loan to open a salon unless you've had at least two or three years with a business bank account. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me that, and I did that about three or four years before I opened this salon. So same thing, like having the money drop in that account. Like there are all these things that sometimes us as creatives, we're like, la, 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 it's fine, it's fine. I just, I worked all day, I have cash in my pocket, I'm good, bye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did that shit for years too. So it's like, at what level do you want to commit to being the businesswoman that you want to be? Yeah. I'm so proud of you. That's so amazing. Thank you. So many cool things. Like, and, and that's the power in like showing up for yourself and being open to like what's next in your life. Um, and that takes work and, and there's no harm in being comfortable for a little while, but when you decide you're done being in that space and you're ready for more, that's when you can seek out mentors and people to help guide you to do that. And so everything I've ever learned has been taught to me by somebody else. And I'm just then sharing it in my own version, my own way with people who resonate with me. So that is like the beautiful thing, because even though the education market's saturated for what you said you were originally thinking you wanted to do, there is still room for people who want to do that. If you want to put your own spin on it and you want to take it full blown, like the only way it will succeed though is if you give it everything you got and you fully focus on that. If you just dabble in things, you got to expect it's going to stay a hobby. 
if you're willing to commit to something and fully focus on it, like my new focus is this podcast and coaching people into this state, like, hello, who doesn't want to get here? Like, I want to be on this energy all the time. So if I can create that for you guys by sharing guests and sharing people's stories, like that's now become my thing. And it's not to say that I failed behind the chair. I just, I'm on to the next thing that feels good because I'm growing. So, you know, if you need to find yourself in one of our stories, like that's what I want to give you right now is to understand that concept of being open, but also knowing when it's time to buckle down and fully focus. So she's decided this is what she wants to do. So again, I'm going to hold her accountable from here. Like when the pivot happens or if shit gets kind of difficult, I'd be like, no, remember you said this is how you want to serve and help people. Let's create this to be streamlined. And until it gets going, it's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. You're going to run into situations, but you've done the legwork and you know this is where you're meant to be and it probably feels really good to be here <sighs> so good <laughs> can we get an amen a collective sigh man so we got to tell you we we had a pretty powerful experience earlier today we just happened to have this scheduled today um this recording but earlier today we were part of a protest for our industry which you guys maybe have heard of i don't know when these post this one will come out but um my fearless leader, one of my old bosses at Hyde Edwards, Rebecca, um, who I love, and she has been a huge mentor in my life and gave me permission to be able to be a salon owner. She uh, rallied this protest for us today in Little Italy in San Diego. She has a massive salon of 32 stations, and she put together like a walk march for us to talk about the funding that's not being given to us for being closed, the second round especially, let alone the first time. You know, our industry is much like a lot of people who do service-based business, tattoo artists, massage therapists, nail techs, um, personal trainers. Like, anybody who's in an independent business is slowly dying right now. And and her and I both have been suffering through this in our own silent way. But the difference between curling into a ball and playing the victim, and which we both did at certain points. She cried some days. I cried, you know, but, like you got to go through that. But at the same time, there was still that part of us that were like, I'm going to come out of this bigger and better. Like the, the, the in this mess is going to be our new message. And we're going to find that no matter what it takes, because you either have that resiliency to push through some bullshit or you don't, but you can create that for yourself. So yeah, today was super cool. Like we ended up running into each other, walking to walk through, but what yeah, was, was your crazy timing? I know. What was your experience today with that? Like, how were you feeling? So powerful. Same. I've done um, a good amount of marches, actually. I was part of one of the Black Lives Matter marches in Hillcrest, and I've done many of the women's marches. And it's been cool because I've felt really connected to those, but this was, like, so directly geared towards me and my what I am living right now. Everyone wore white which is the coolest thing ever. Like to see all of us who wear all black 95% of the time. Right. And everyone was in white. It, it felt peaceful. Yeah. You know, uh, which was the point. But I really appreciated the people that showed up today. Like 100%. I really appreciate the fact that there were a lot of people there that understand what's happening right now and are willing to get off of their butts during this shutdown because this is what we have the time to do and and protest and say, you know, we need funding. Ultimately, what was interesting about this protest is it was not about opening the salons. 
It had nothing to do with that. It was about if you are going to keep us closed, you need to give us more funding. And I, Rebecca made a really good point when she was on the microphone is that every salon has invested so much money into being a safe place to be. Yeah. And Raven and Sage has, I don't know, 16 stylists right now. We've hired a, a couple more over the last couple of months, so I'm not sure the total number, but with the salon is huge, but we can only sit every other chair because of the six feet distance. There's no way to spread the chairs out. You know, the stations are glued to the wall. So what that means is even when we were up and running again, we were forced part time. Mm -hmm. So we were shut down for three and a half months, then forced to work part time. And now it's been another month and a half. So that's five months in total. Yeah. With that's fucked up. With a six-week bullshit opening, like, it wasn't, like, full board. And, like, for someone like me that has children who are not able to go anywhere, you know, clients calling, like, oh, you're open, let's go. And I was like, yeah, no, but I, I can't. Like, I don't, there's nowhere to put him. So it, it and even saying with at my salon, we were staggering who was working, so there was only one or two people in here at a time. Like, it wasn't like there was the ability to go back and make up for time loss. Like, you can only see so many guests in a day, right? Like, it was such... A frustrating time and I'm sure like this is a niche hair you're probably a hairdresser or in the industry so you're in this pain with us like um and the only state and the only down. state right so in if you're country. not in California maybe this you didn't even realize this was going on if you live under a rock but we've been fucked like we've been fucked over thoroughly and like the emotion that's behind it is is not directed at anybody other than our obviously your governor who is clearly unaware of what we do in our space um but to see the community come together, like I haven't been, a, I haven't felt like I've been a part of something that powerful in a really long time. Yeah. And it, it reminded me why I love our industry so much and why I'm so excited to like start my ability to give back to stylists and to people in the industry. Like for so many years I gave to my guests and I gave that experience to the best that I could and that filled me up for so many years. But now like the industry that grew me, I want to give back to them. So, you know, it was like the first person that I walked up and saw or that was walking up was Robert Cromings. So Robert Cromings is a salon in San Diego. They now have a school. Um, and I worked at one of the most the original salons and that was one of my first jobs and my first experience. So I got to have that moment with Robert today and thank him for giving me that opportunity. And then I got to have, you know, a 20 minute conversation with Rebecca on our walk back. You know, it's been a couple years since I worked with her and just able to thank her for what she's provided in my life. Like, just to be around and to see so many other salon owners that showed up, like we could name so many people that were yeah. there today. It, it was pretty powerful. Yeah. And it just reminds you like what's really important. And we work with some really fucking cool people. Like this industry's badass. So yeah. I'm so grateful that you're in our industry with us and you know, um, it's been good. I know we could shit all over COVID all day about like how terrible this and that has been, but I do want you to talk a little bit more about, like, your personal journey through COVID because I think it's been a really big blessing for you. <sighs> I know. Get into the good shit. Because I feel like the awakening has happened for so many people that yeah. you're going to be able to, like... Awakening's a good word for it. And I saw that happening for you. And I think we're perfectionists, if you haven't noticed, in a lot of areas. So it's hard when you're going through a tough time to not be like, smack, smack, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
like, I, I'm a head down, get your shit done, like, why are you fucking crying, let's go, like, I'm trying to, like, you know, if you're gonna hold space for someone else and work through their shit, like, I, you know, it, it equally, I get back in coaching as much as I give, like, it's, it's helped me immensely, and so watching Sloane show up for herself as much as she did during this time, like, it has a powerful, like, effect when you see someone else doing that for themselves, so, what was one of the first things that, like, you knew you needed the coach as far as the business side, right? So that's where I came into play. But we dove a lot deeper into some other things, and we didn't often talk always just about business stuff. Like, because it was about a week between calls. So a lot can happen in a week, but then it goes by like that, right? Um, so I don't even know where to start with that and what you want to focus on or share. But, you know, you, you had a lot of a lot of growth. aha and growth and reconnecting to, like, what, what makes Sloan happy and what, like, feeds your soul. I think you can't grow unless you face a challenge. Like, for example, 2019 was career-wise the best growth for me. Personally, it was the most fun, exciting, thrilling, travel-filled, friendship-filled social year of my life. But there was no personal growth. Mm. I mean, there w- there was, but it. I think COVID is probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. Shit. Don't give COVID any credit. No, I'm kidding. No, yeah. And I think once people got over the initial bitch slap of COVID and being shut down, that has been an aha for a lot of people. Even if they're financially struggling or in a hard place, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing whether we're coming or going, I think I'm getting that from a lot of people. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the guy that I interviewed today for the, I have a new guy maybe coming in. He, like, he was talking about, I only work this many days now. I have new morals and values since COVID. He's like, I realize what's important to me now. And it's time with my family and not overworking myself to the point of exhaustion. Like there was, and that was something that we dealt with a lot too, because, you know, she knew she needed this time. But even when we were given and we set boundaries and we talked about non-negotiables <laughs> and she's like, I won't do that to myself anymore. We reopened and she was like, yeah, that's cool, but I got to work. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, I can only work this. Many- I'm going to actually work at this salon up in LA too. And I was like... <laughs> we said we weren't gonna do no I'll be fine I'm like okay I'll talk to you in a few weeks when you're dying out yeah so then the second closure happened and she was like okay you know what you were right like I I tried it on again and it doesn't feel good anymore like you were strong arming it before kind of you weren't in that much pain but then once you realize what taking all that stress away looked like and what that could feel like you were like yeah no a couple days behind the chair is good and like what else can I put my energy towards totally I, again, was working like a crazy person the last couple years, and it's because of my travel schedule. I I would travel a good amount of the year and then just work as much as physically and mentally possible in between. So that means like six to seven days a week, 12-hour shifts, like hustling, which was great because I was doing very well financially and could afford my traveling and my fun but it was killing me and COVID woke me up because then it was just gone I didn't have work I didn't have travel I didn't have social life I didn't have anything I didn't have any of the things that like feed me as a person and bring me confidence and joy and all the things all the things yeah it was just ripped away and I know it was for everybody but I'm also not a homebody I all of my value comes from outside of the home which COVID has turned me into 
not turned me into, but it has made me appreciate time at home more than I could have ever imagined. And I think that has been so healthy for me. I went from feeling like I needed to be busy from the time my alarm went off in the morning till my eyes hit the pillow at the end of the night. And I still feel that way, but the first shutdown was so mentally challenging for me because of not having all of those things. And I was having health issues that really affected me mentally a lot because I didn't have control over them. Yeah. And then I went back to work. I worked like a psychopath again started working at another salon up north, was... Like, 7 a.m. to, like, 10. Like, yeah, just stupid. And... I think you told me at one point when we were trying to work through the program, she's like, this is nice and all, but, like, I gotta work. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just love making money, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. No, there is nothing wrong with that. No. Especially as a single, independent woman, there is nothing wrong with feeling like you need to make a lot of money. Yeah, or, yeah, or you not even need, like, you want to. Yeah. It's your birthright. Yes, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You were yeah, put here yeah. to do big things. Yeah, and I had two huge financial goals for myself this year, and that was another thing, is that I was so devastated about not being able to hit them. Yeah. And that was another reason why I had hired you, because I still wanted to accomplish those things, and I had given up hope on that being a possibility, and fucking, I crush both so by the way yeah <laughs> she so, got you got both they were giant goals too and yeah. they were both ones that I was like oh how can I work her through these like because I didn't you know we I didn't know all the details of how much she made we didn't get into all of that like into exactly what each thing was going to cost but we had an idea and I had a, a general understanding of like what was needed but you know I was trying to be there as that like let's shoot for December or January and this was even like a month or two ago and I think we were both okay with that and then when the opportunity came for her to go again, she saw the little light and she was like, Whoop, I'm going, I'm going. And sometimes you got to do that. When you're in growing season, I will never tell anybody to slow down. If you have the ability and you're like, you have no other responsibilities other than getting that shit done. Like I, that's how I got where I was. So I understand that. Um, and I, and I think, you know, having a child has slowed me down into seeing what else is important in my life mm -hmm. because I was very much like that. I stayed in the busyness of. I don't like to be bored. Yeah. I think there's some people that are like that and some people that are not. And yeah. neither is right or wrong. So you got to do what feeds your soul. Like, I love the feeling of accomplishment. You do too. I love the feeling of setting goals, big, audacious goals that you're like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do that, but I'll figure it out. And like, to see you do that too, like, you're giving everyone else around you permission to dream bigger as well. Yeah. You know, like, how did you get that done? How did you accomplish those things? And she's just turned 30. Like, are you even 30 in yet? In December. In December. Okay, all right. Well, even before 30. In December. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she's 29. So we're 10 years apart. I'm 10 years older than her. <laughs> <laughs> but she looks 10 years younger, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they already know I talk about the Botox all the time. Um, but, you know, and I think staying in what you love keeps you young. Like, you got to stay, like, yeah. you know, what, what is feeding your soul? Because that also will be soul-sucking if you're doing things you don't love. Yeah. No matter how much money you make. I know so many multi-millionaires and people that are very wealthy in my book and they're not any happier than us yeah. no 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 if anything they're miserable because they thought that the money would give them all the answers to their problems and while money gives you um the the choices to make better decisions 
and we should always want to make decisions out of abundance rather than scarcity. Like if you are in the thought process of planning and setting goals and manifestation and, you know, really putting into the universe what you're ready for and what you want, like you got to do the personal work, which is what she ended up doing over this time, which allowed that space to happen. And the things that she had already put out in the universe finally had a space to go into. She was too busy staying busy and blocking, blocking, yeah. blocking that once she just gave in and opened it up, it was like, okay, here are all the things that you asked for. You yeah. weren't ready for them before. No. Well, I wasn't even ready for them at like the beginning of the first shutdown. It took me months and it really took me to going back to the salon and getting burnt out within those six weeks that like shook me and woke me up. I now have like, <laughs> I'm, have you? I have um, another coach that I'm working with on like my cycle and my hormones. I have another woman that I'm working with on doing a full candida detox and cleanse on my body. I have this couple that I'm working all so I have the hormones. Well, are you gonna put this all? Yeah, this we can info? put this in the notes. Yeah, this okay. would be helpful if you if because who knows you whatever you share yeah. could help somebody. Yeah. Maybe someone else is struggling with this yeah. stuff. So to me. Jessica's a coach and all these other people are healers. So these are people that I'm working with um, physically and mentally, which I also think is very tied to what we've worked on for sure. But you, you are way more of the business and none of these people are related to my business. So I'm working with a couple that focuses on breath work right now. I have a naturopathic doctor that I'm seeing. I got a bunch of blood tests. I went to my gyno. Like there are... I'm taking naps a little bit, not a lot. I'm like not setting my alarm till, you know, 8 a.m. Like, this is like, who am I? You know what <laughs> I, I mean? love like, it. It's crazy. But I have filled this second shutdown with self-care. I've taken social media off of my phone a couple times now for at least two to four days at a time I it was off my phone from this past Thursday to Sunday I just redownloaded wow. it last night so that I could post about the protest today but I'm letting go of people in my life that don't serve me I'm getting closer to the ones that do like there are so many things that we can do to take care of ourselves that when you are working full-time you just push over here because money and my clientele and my skill and my business and boys and all these stupid distractions were taking me away from working on myself, which is why my health declined, which yeah. is why my mental health was so bad during the first shutdown. And I, I actually needed this second shutdown as much as I know people hate it I needed it and even though I'm not necessarily there right now I feel very 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 strongly that I'm going to look back at 2020 and see it as probably the best year of my life wow in terms of I allowed myself to slow down and now we've discussed what going back to the salon looks like for the rest of the year and because I already had that experience going back and hitting that burnout within six weeks, I refused to do it again. 
and my health actually went down even farther when I went back because of the stress and anxiety and so I'm only gonna work max four days a week max I raise my prices two times once during the first shutdown and again during the second shutdown like 30% which is a big leap but when you have an 150% clientele you can lose some clients yes and that's where every hairdresser or really business person wants to be is when you get to the point where you have enough of a clientele to the point where you can literally lose some um, and now I'm giving it to other stylists or even in stage which was actually a huge learning lesson for me in why I'm starting the side hustle because I would reach out to the girls and say do you have a printed price menu do you have a website do you have some kind of portfolio other than Instagram and you know some of them didn't have it and I'm thinking like wait a second I've had this shit for years and you're you've been doing hair as long as I have why don't you have this stuff together right um so yeah the last year has been the biggest learning experience of my life and I really really hope that other people can see that because I see friends that are not taking advantage of this time and not growing it's a bummer it's a bummer it is but I think releasing expectation on other people and what they should be doing as well like is something I had to work on too because I'm I feel you with that and we talked about that a little bit too like and that's when you nothing is wrong with them and that is their journey and they totally. got to do what they got to do but you got to be willing to be like this is my path and I need people around me who are like up to par with that. And you want to stay around people doing big things. You want to stay around people who clap for you when you're succeeding and who push you to push harder, you know, not tell you, Oh, you have it so good. You should just stay what you're like that. Ooh, yeah. No, like the worst. if you want to be the big fish in the small pond all day, go for it. But I forever want to be the small fish in the big pond. Like I want to constantly be the student. I want to be learning. I want to be around people who I'm like, Ooh, how did you do that? Show me the way. Like, that's how you truly can grow and learn. Like, it's always being curious and always staying in that student mentality, right? Like, totally. Like, never staying in too much ego. Like, you can have the ego for your client base, right? Like, I'm a top-notch stylist and I charge this much and I'm fucking worth it. Yes, that's where it's appropriate. But, you know, I think in regards to, like, this kind of stuff, like, stay around people that make you feel good about your choices in life and, and really support what you're doing. Not question you or make you feel like you're crazy for wanting a big, a big life. And hang out with people that are doing what you want to be doing. Oh, yeah. So, for example, my friend Jessica, who's also my bookkeeper, she has she stopped drinking at the end of last year, and she's probably going to go this entire year because she turns 30 in December, too, and that's probably going to be the first time she drinks all year. And I... I've... I admire her so much for it. I think it's so badass, and... I've always felt in social situations like you need to drink mm -hmm. and when we go out to dinner and she just doesn't drink and it's just not even a question it's not even a thought that crosses her mind and then I don't feel like I have to drink to be on that level with her I'm like you're a badass like I want to drink I want to not drink with you more often I want to hang out with you more often because I love that energy that you're putting out that like I'm not doing this thing because it's expensive and it's unhealthy yeah she's a boundary Yes, she has a boundary. And that what a boundary, concept. It's for her. Yeah. She stopped caring about how it was going to make other people feel. That's what yeah. I hear so much about. Like, and random that you're talking about this because I actually just decided yesterday that I was going to stop drinking for a while. Love I don't that. know how long, but 
I've just related it to it doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't it doesn't leave me feeling in a good place. And I have so many things I want to accomplish. It just slows me down. It doesn't add any value to my life. And now, if you love to drink, yep, have cheers to you. But we all have to dis- decide what is adding to our life and what's taking away. And it could be drinking. It could be people in your life. It could be anything. It could be an environment. Maybe you're staying in a salon you don't want to be in anymore. Maybe you know it's time to make a change, but you don't have the balls to do it. Find people that have done what you think you want to do and have a conversation with them. We have the ability at our fingertips to DM somebody and ask questions. Oh, yeah. And people want to help people. So, you know, the first thing is, like, don't be afraid to ask for help. That was the number one thing in my mastermind that every single 50 people stood up and said. That's what they struggle with the most is asking for help. Wow. And look at you. You're asking help for all these people. Do you have to pay for their help in some regard? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But when you pay people, you pay attention, right? Like, if you were just to get free information from somebody – you might not take it that seriously. And that's why hiring someone is so important. You know, I've hired tens of thousands of dollars with the coaches over the last couple of years. And, you know, you might get some more from others and th- this and that. But, like, the return on investment is tenfold. And sometimes it's not right away. Sometimes you don't see a reward in your business. But overall, like, what would you say to somebody who is on the fence thinking they need to hire someone to do what you do or do what I do for them? Like, just hire them. <laughs> Period. So, and we're done. <laughs> So there is uh, an author, Jen Sincero, Zen, Jen Sincero, yep. I'm not Love exactly her. sure. She wrote, You Are a Badass. She also wrote, You Are a Badass at Making Money, mm, which both are phenomenal books. Get them on tape, listen to them in your car when you're driving. In You Are a Badass at Making Money, she talks about a story where she wanted to hire her first assistant, but she couldn't afford an assistant. She chose to do it anyway, and the moment she chose to invest that money into getting that help, she had the best financial month or, like, year of her entire life and made, like, way more money than she ever has, and that has stuck with me forever. Now, have I made mistakes? There are times when I have invested money and it hasn't worked out, but it was worth every penny for the learning lesson that it brought me. True. Truly. Yeah. So to me, when I became a booth renter, I immediately hired a bookkeeper. So my, my, one of my best friends, Jessica, who I was just talking about, that's not drinking. I immediately hired her. And that's because I spent hours and so many tears trying to figure out QuickBooks to get all of my finances organized. And my eyes go blurry when I look at that kind of stuff. That's not your zone of genius. No. And that's not okay. Not at all. Yeah. And I, I remember crying to my mom and her saying, it's okay that you can't do this. Just like you. When, I, when we talked about my Patreon, you saying, it's okay that this isn't what's going to work out for you. Right. So hire Jessica. She has been, to this day, the best investment I've ever made because as a business person, I don't have to worry about that stuff at all. She keeps track of every penny that comes in and out where it's going. Then I hired a CPA. This woman, Allison is helping me, uh, with everything. Not only does she figure out what I owe quarterly, she figures out what I will potentially owe next year quarterly. So I can plan for that. She helps me, we're about to turn me from a sole prop into an S corp. She's going to be the one that's helping me with that. There's so many things that 
came out of me investing in these people to help me. And now that's why I'm that's why I want to create this program because you want you, that for other people. Yeah. Yeah. And that, oh, that's so powerful. Um, I literally, um, my good friend who is the one who puts all these podcasts together and spend hours listening to my annoying voice. I love him dearly already. He and I just had this conversation about hiring and not necessarily about hiring before you're ready, but that's one of the best pieces of advice that my mentor said to us as a group was don't be such an asshole and shoot yourself in the foot to keep you from progressing, like hire before you're ready. And even if it's small investments, like a bookkeeper or a tax person, like I've had all of those from the beginning too, because I couldn't figure that stuff out. And even if you can figure something out, you should know a little bit about the thing you need hired, but like th stay in your zone. Your, your expertise is creating amazing guest experiences and doing beautiful hair, making tons of money. The more she showed her money respect. I don't know what the saying is. There's like a saying that goes along with like, when you show your money respect and pay it attention, it like pays you back or okay. something. Yeah. I don't know how it goes, but yeah. it's something like that. When you treat the money, like it's something of importance, like you make sure it's, it's, it's taken care of and someone's nurturing it and paying attention to it. It comes back to you in tenfold. So I just hired my creator to do these, this podcast episode. I could have went a simpler route. I could have went mic to mic with no video, but I want you guys to see us. I want the energy that we can bring by doing this to me is more exciting and more impactful. And, and on top of that, like the, the brand and company that I'm trying to build, I can't, my zone of genius is not onboarding clients and client management and all the behind the scenes, like the COO type of stuff. So I just committed to hiring a full-time person to do all that. That was scary. And like when I committed to the number, I was like, the fuck I'm going to make this happen. But she, that's her zone of genius. She's like, I've taken this online business to a sick, blah, da, 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 da. Like we had the conversation. She said the things I needed to hear, just like we had that. And now we're off and running and it's going to happen. So that was definitely a, one of the best pieces of advice I have ever got was hire before you're ready. Yeah. Because look where it's gotten you. Look where it's gotten me. Anyone I mean, that look I, at me hiring you. Right. During and, a pandemic. And what's cool about that is like when you hire people that have gone before you, like she said, stay around people doing the things you want to do. She didn't know that she wanted to kind of provide that value for other stylists. That was not even on her agenda, but it morphed into that because she saw her potential would was so much more than just doing hair videos. Like not that just that is not enough, but like you saw a, a, such a bigger impact that you could make with these stylists that could give them so much more power behind the chair. So, you know, get in with somebody and see where it takes you. That's what, when I got into the mastermind I was in, I didn't have a business that I was going to nurture. I had my behind the chair business, but I didn't have the other business. And the best thing he said to me was get in there, invest and see what comes out of it. The best thing that could be is you, you walk out 10% better with a few friends doing the same thing you want to do. So that's our tip of the end of the day of with like, just invest before you're ready. Take the chance on yourself. Cause it's you that you're taking a chance on. So Sloan, where can people find you to follow you? Cause she's so fun. She provides, stop ignoring us on Instagram and get back on it and like entertain us. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back as of today. Well, I had to post about the protest yes. obviously and about being here because your salon is so beautiful. Thank I you. I love this space so much. Like this is a come up this space. Thank like, you. What a blessing. And a, 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 a outdoor space like that's amazing I manifested this for 20 yes. years yeah but I know a lot of you probably need the things she's gonna provide so get in her dms ask her questions like we're gonna build it as you guys start telling us exactly what you need and we're gonna make sure she has all that covered for you guys so where can they find you and so sloan stylist is my instagram s-l-o-a-n-e stylist 
and my website is sloanstylist.com check me out hit me up in the dm yeah we love to chat with you guys yeah and if you guys have any amazing takeaways from this podcast we want to hear them so when you watch this either share it with a friend that you know could use it tag us repost what you loved and your favorite takeaways so we know that we are providing you guys with some value this was amazing thank you thank you i love it so much good shit so cheers to your success we will see you on the next one Thank you.